0: Welcome to Smarter Marketing, a podcast aimed at demystifying marketing. We talk with leading marketing experts to learn more about how things are changing in the field, what things really matter, and how to take advantage of them in the real world. I'm your host, Peter Mahoney, the founder and CEO of Plana, a cloud-based software tool that is the smarter way to build, manage, and collaborate on your marketing budgets and plans. Hi, this is Peter, and welcome to the podcast this week. I'm really excited about this week because we have one of my favorite guests. Uh, and a guy by the name of Scott Tadaro, and we're gonna talk about one of my favorite subjects because it's this time of the year where we all think about our marketing plan and our marketing budget for the next year. Uh, and I, I tentatively t- titled this, oh no, it's December and I haven't started my marketing budget yet. Uh, because Scott and I were just <laughs> talking about the fact that in, in December, many of us still haven't started our, our marketing budget that's starting in January. Uh, But before we do that, I wanted to give a quick intro to Scott Todaro. I've known Scott for many years. We were colleagues for the last 20 or so. That's hard to believe. Uh, Scott is uh, actually, full disclosure, is on the advisory board of Plana because I wouldn't start a company without having Scott as an advisor. He also happens to be the chief marketing officer of a really cool company called Recorded Future in Boston. And uh, in his copious free time, uh, he's an on-on on again, off again uh, marketing professor at uh, University of Massachusetts, where he teaches marketing fundamentals to MBA students. So, welcome, Scott. Thank you, Peter. It's good to
1: be here, and thanks for dating me by throwing the twenty years in there. <laughs> I, I didn't realize we were dating. Oh, oh, I get it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. So, Scott, actually, why don't you just spend a, a minute and tell uh, tell uh, our audience. uh, Tell both of them a little bit about you.
1: Well, yeah, I've been doing this for 27 years, believe it or not. Uh, I spent two years uh, uh, early in my career uh, shaping plans and and budgets uh, to perfect uh, a methodology for launching it. uh, And then it probably changed about 20 times since then. So uh, it's good to be here. Uh, Like I said, I've I have two business degrees that focus in marketing. I teach it. So it's a passion of mine, uh, marketing. Uh, I've run several different types of teams. I've done consumer. I've done B2B. So uh, needless to say, I've probably suffered almost every type of planning and budgeting
0: tragedy out there. Uh, but it has shaped me. It's made me stronger, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And and Scott was the guy that I would always go to if I had a question about, hey, how should I think about this plan when it comes to uh, planning and strategy and budgeting, and he's also the king of templates. So I <laughs> I, I, I regularly will reach out to Scott to uh, to see if he has the answer to the question. And I have prepared a few questions for you, Scott, as you might have expected. Wonderful. Uh, and, and maybe the way to think about it since it's budget season is, uh, it is first of all, de- define what your marketing plan is what should be inside that thing as we start to build it in 2019 yeah well it,
1: plans these days can be very comprehensive and i think a lot of companies try to have plans that uh, are fluid uh, you know i think the main thing when you start to build your plan is decide on your methodology do you want to have more of a attack strategy do you want to be more nimble for read and react opportunistic marketing over the course of the year do you want to do a mix of both. Uh, depends on where your team and, and the, the strengths of your team lie. You know, Obviously, if you have a more junior team, you may want to do a, a tax strategy. So a lot of the dates, times, programs, campaigns that you'll be running are kind of aligned uh, and they can hit the ground running. They know exactly what they need to do in the timeframes. If you have a more seasoned team, uh, you can take a look at market conditions over the course of the year and potentially pick up uh, opportunities of working with partners or other campaigns over the course of the year based on market conditions or competitive. Uh, but there's a lot of things that you should really look at the dynamics of your company, the leadership, the goals that, that uh, the company setting because the marketing goals should mirror uh, the goals of the company to make sure that you're achieving them. Uh, if you really look at marketing and uh, its essence, it is the, the breakdown of business Piece by piece, uh, and that's that communication of that strategy falls in the wing of marketing. So when you start building your plan, as you're building out and looking at the vision of the company, you know you're looking at the uh, you're looking at your positioning statement to make sure you've got the right target audiences. Uh, you're looking at uh, the go to market. You're looking at your budget, seeing how much you can do. You're looking at your geographies and how that's going to lay out, and then obviously building out your team and the the structure of, you know, how you want to, to go to market, whether B2B, to B2C, to you know, all of those things come into um, the
0: decision-making process when you're building out your plan. Well, as you can tell, Scott has a pretty comprehensive approach to marketing planning, and I think it's it's one of the reasons I really appreciate what he's done, because all of those things, I think, in a sophisticated plan, you're going to think about everything that, things that you mentioned from your organization to your strategy to your marketing goals to your budgets and and everything in between and you did talk also one of the things that i I think is really interesting is the the tuning of your plan based on the capability and the maturity of your team Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes you you have to you have to pick a plan that's actually achievable by the resources that you have. And the resources can be money, but it, uh, it's also the, the setup of your team, the structure of your team, the mandate and things like that.
1: That's so true, Peter. You know, I, over the years, uh, I've created all these wonderful models and uh, what I realized is that the secret to business is people, right, you know, where are the strengths of your people and, and putting them in a position to be successful is, is absolutely critical. Uh, bringing the right people on, creating the right mix and dynamic uh, and also having you know skill sets that uh, complement each other on your team. So you're not having too many people with the same uh, capabilities. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a process and hopefully you can get the people bought in. And I mean, I think the selling process to your own team, the selling process to the rest of the company to make sure that you're getting the support, the selling process to the sales team, uh, because that's the primary support. Um, uh, uh, organization that you have to, to work with and uh, you know if you do those things then you have somewhat of a chance of having success over the course of the year
0: yeah, you give me great confidence <laughs> <laughs> exactly so give me an idea of the if you had to pick the one thing that you would start with because remember we're, mm-hmm. we're in December here recording this podcast people are saying oh my god January, if I have a January fiscal year is coming right up. What's the one thing you should start with to, to build your plan around? If I had to do step one A, what would that be? Goals. Perfect. You have got to set goals. I mean, if you I
1: unfortunately in my career I've seen way too many marketing plans that say, geez, you know, we should do this trade show, right? Or um, you know, we we should do some dinners. And we haven't really looked at what is the company trying to accomplish. How is marketing going to gonna support that with a set of goals that are measurable, right? Because you have to be able to look back and say, did I achieve these goals? And if you're not achieving the goals, how can I course correct to achieve those goals? Because, you know, the, the thing that bothers me is that we, as marketers, sometimes do a lot of work. It becomes very tactical, our job. And what I call that is empty calorie marketing, right? You, it's just not fulfilling um, that ultimate uh, set of goals that you need to set as a, as a company. and that the goals can be as as high level as you know market penetration goals, they can be revenue based goals, and they can be right down to awareness uh, more uh, fluffy. We'll say kind of goals where it's tough to really measure it, but, you know, you have those penetration, but you've got to set those goals. You've got to communicate to the team. The team needs to understand it, and every campaign, every program that they build needs to roll up and have those goals in mind. Otherwise, you're doing things that are off the reservation. They won't be
0: measurable, and they won't be valid for really moving the business forward. So, Scott, you and I have worked with a lot of people over the years uh, and helped people build their plans, And, and one of the things that is uh, is sometimes a little tricky. Was when people actually don't have any goals. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't thought about them, or they haven't been handed any goals from their from their management. So if you have nothing, if there's zero there. How, how do you think about that? If you if you had to say, I'm a marketer, and I just took this job. The CEO hasn't really told me a lot, except he wants to grow the business. Mm-hmm. How, how should I think, of what are the two or three things that I should say, these are high runner goals, and you mentioned some of them, but what are the things that you think you should have in every every marketing plan just to start? Yeah,
1: if, if your company has no goals and you haven't figured out what your goals are, I always say, start with your positioning statement. Uh, if you don't have a positioning statement, then write one. Because um, at least if you look at your positioning statement, you know who you're selling to, You know the pain you're trying to solve so you can connect with them. You have a definition of your product uh, that will relate to that target audience. You know what your benefits are and you know what your differentiation is. And if you have those key components of it, you can now start to craft a plan for targeting the right audiences with the right set of messages in order to to get the business rolling. Because ultimately, if you make sales work, everything else falls into place. You can fix any other problem in marketing as long as you're selling. And let's face it, the... The marketing team is the front end of the train, it's the engine that pulls the rest of it through. So you know, as you're going through lead generation and creating awareness, stop with that positioning statement so at least you know who you're
0: going after and what you wanna to say to them. That It's really great advice and, and I agree because the interesting thing about the positioning statement as you said is that to get that done right, you need a whole bunch of stuff, including your target market definition as an example to figure out who your customer is, uh, so I I I think that's a great idea. It's great. It's great advice. So let's assume we've, we've got some goals. We started to build our plan. One of the challenges that I I always see in planning is that you're often handed a number. So you've got a number, whether it's a million dollars or a hundred million dollars, based on the size of the company. It never feels like it's enough. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's always the struggle because you often start with this set of things that you're already committed to, right? So I've got, I know, I've already signed contracts, I've got these things, I agreed to do some trade show, I've got people I've got to spend on, I've got this stuff, I've got this baseline, and my million dollar budget, I've, I've committed, you know, hopefully less than a million dollars, but I've <laughs> committed some chunk of that. And then I've got to figure out, all right, now now I can start to look at, look at my goals. But I, ideally, that would be kind of flipped, and people would start from, all right. What am I trying to achieve, and start to build their plan? Uh, but do you think that's even possible, or, or give us the practical answers? Yeah, answer, Scott, you, know, it's, it's, prof- uh, you know, take the professorial hat uh, off and say, what, "What's the right what's the right approach and mix to, you know?" L- let, let me reframe the question. Uh, if if you said that I've got hundred percent to spend,
1: yeah,
0: how much of that? 100% would you spend on things that are completely dedicated and focused on trying to achieve your goals? Oh, well, well,
1: if you know that much moving into the beginning of the year, I mean, typically, uh, just the way that I try to set a plan, is obviously if you're doing specific trade shows and you know that they're in the second half of the year, or there's certain events or you're having you know, user group meetings and you know that they're kind of fixed – then they are what they are. But, you know, I think planning for six months is about as much visibility as a, as a marketing team can, can digest. Uh, and the other thing is the budgets constantly change. Uh, start the budgeting process in August, uh, come up with the numbers, start building out the plan, some baseline things that you wanna do based on historical data that you pulled in and measurements critical uh, for really making sure that uh, you're building a plan that's going to grow Uh, for the following year. And then the finance team comes in, right? And, uh, you know, two variables can really, you know, shape what that budget is going to look like. Obviously, the performance of the company from a sales standpoint. And a lot of times, if you're on a calendar year, which you're usually building your your budget off of, you're kind of waiting to see how the year finishes out. So you could end up getting more money, you could end up getting less money. And so it's almost impossible to roll in and know everything you're going to do. So, you know, if you have, I think if, if you can plan to 75% of your budget, I think that is fantastic. I think you'll be in the top 10% of marketers out there um, for driving your agenda. Uh, there's all You always want to leave some discretionary spend for uh, read and react marketing and opportunistic marketing, experimental marketing. Sometimes great ideas come up in the middle of the year uh, and you want to take advantage of them. Uh, you know, if you really are prepared and you kind of know you have a very predictable business or you have a very stable business, um, you know, then you can plan out more and then do more of a trading uh, policy. So I come up with a great idea. So we're going to take this other idea that I thought was kind of marginal. We're going to move it out and we'll supplement this campaign for that. You know, so there are a lot of ways that you can go about it over the course of the year for for changing. But I think you should definitely commit 50%. If you don't have 50% committed, that would be I think you would be helter skelter. Uh, You wouldn't have enough planning. I think your team wouldn't get out of the blocks cleanly. I think you'd find yourself at the end of the first couple months with a lot of extra money still sitting on the books. And we all know that marketers get in trouble for overspending. We also get in trouble for underspending. And so making sure that you're using that budget, because if you've looked at the numbers and you agree on the spend that it takes in order to generate the leads in order to make the sales numbers, then you've got to make sure that you're making that spend so, you, so you're hitting those numbers. Otherwise, you know, you, the sales team is gonna be coming down on you very quick. We all know that we've had those situations where the head of sales is having that discussion with you saying, "You know, I don't have enough leads or the leads are garbage. And so you know, then you have to go back to your budget and figure out how you're gonna spend it again. So. Anyways, like I said, if you can, if you have enough visibility into the business, more mature businesses, I think seventy-five percent. You know, poor, you know, early stage startups, uh, you're probably going to have to be more nimble with your budget.
0: It, it's interesting because we have unprecedented access to some data now with with PlanA, of course, and uh, and I can tell you that that certainly, you said that seventy-five percent, you'd be a sort of leading edge, and, and I. Would say that the data agree was that, mm-hmm. uh, and in that most people, if you look at what they've sort of put into purposeful campaigns, mm-hmm. it's kind of a quarter to a third is probably the biggest set of users so far, uh, and certainly there's some who are north of fifty percent, uh, but very few, uh, and and I think that I think that it's it's a great goal, and actually it's one of the things we're really trying to measure over time to see mm-hmm. how that changes to get people getting more and more purposeful about campaigns that are associated with people's business goals to try to get them there at the end of the day. So that's interesting. So one of of the things I wanted to react to though, Scott, is that you, you talked a little bit about time frame during that last response. And what I wanted to ask was, from a planning perspective, we always think in single year plans, but there's pressure around one, having better, longer term visibility. One level, you want a multi-year plan. On another level, you say, oh my God, the world changes so fast now. I, I think I need a weekly plan. But what's <laughs> what's the right time, and how do you think about time frame and yeah. the way you build your marketing plan? Yeah, I, I have found that six
1: months is about as much as the teams that I've managed consume now. Maybe there are more uh, effective managers out there that do a better job of looking at long-term vision. Uh, but I, I think in today's marketplace if you're selling things that are very stagnant so if you're selling consumer products that uh, you know don't change much if you're selling candy bars for crying out loud you're not really going to see a lot of volatility in how you go to market you probably can build something out that may have a couple year lifespan on it uh, but I think if you're you know high-tech field where you know the changing market conditions are, are sweeping and they happen all the time. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, you know, you never, never know what's gonna happen with competition. You never know what's gonna happen with the economy and you have to be able to read and react to it. You know, there's a there are situations where people will come back and cut your budget. So you can have all these great plans, you know, for a second half of the year and, you know, you're, you're looking to to put that money against it. You may spend against it because you wanna get ahead of it. And then all of a sudden your budget get cut, gets cut and now you have a situation where, you know, you're locked into doing things that are very expensive, uh, and it may hinder some of the other programs that have been successful over the course of the year. So, you know, I think if, you know, six months is, at least in my industry, uh, is about as much visibility as I think you can get. And then I think you, after three months of it, you look to see uh, you know, where you are, you measure the, the results, and then you build a plan
0: for the second half. So in your in your world, would you see the sort of the next six months being the the piece that you have really clear visibility into it's not quite chiseled in stone tablets, but it's it's definitely oh, yeah. firmly understood. you still have to have some ability to flex obviously. I assume you'd have some a general direction of what you're gonna do still. you're still pinned to the goals. you still have some sense of campaigns, but is it just a little bit more fluid in the uh, in the out years and if you think beyond the the year do you think beyond your planning year and go into the following year how do you start to accommodate that in your in your current year plan
1: yeah i I, at a corporate level we do three-year plans and so um the goals are created for three years and so if you wanted to start mapping that against those goals and i think really the only people that are looking at it from from that level um are you know, probably the executive team uh, you start pushing those three-year goals and communicating down to your team it's good for them to have the foresight and see where things are going but if you think that you know if you have 10 million dollars worth of spend you know, that's, a, that's a lot of money to spend right so you know how do you get your team to be thinking about spending that 10 million dollars inside the year and then start thinking about where it's going next uh, you may find yourself overloading they need to know where they need to get to by the end of the year and beyond but I don't think uh, you'll have an effective team that can consume and look at long term plans. At least I haven't seen it um, that are beyond a certain time period. And it, like I said, it depends on the industry. You know, it, I, you have to look at course correcting. I mean, you may run programs that don't work, right? I mean, and that's where you know you may have to allocate. That money to doing other things you have great ideas coming in you've developed your campaigns for the year I know that with my team we develop the campaigns for the entire year um, but you know sometimes we get in a situation where we're down some leads over the course of a month ran some campaigns and the numbers didn't show up where we needed them to be and uh, you find yourself pulling budget potentially for the second half of the year in so you can get those leads in sooner and it depends on how long your sales cycle is you know, how many touches you need to, to convince somebody, you know, obviously uh, things that are simpler, you know, may just require one touch. Um, and, you know, you may find yourself investing a lot of money in nurturing campaigns because pipeline is getting stuck. So these these are things you can't predict as you go in uh, with running your campaigns. You know, some of the messages that you create um, at the beginning are really good for, for getting interest. Uh, in your company and your product, but they're not good for converting. Uh, and so you have to look at all of those things and um, and it's uh, it's challenging. And this is why you know the great thing about today is that you know there are more tools out there you know to create goals, you know to to manage uh, budgets, to be able to measure the success and see where the ROI is associated with with the programs you're running and so you can course correct and really be able to to look at the data and make decisions uh, better than we ever have before so it's an exciting time in marketing uh you know the digital age has really
0: changed just about everything that we're doing so i, I think we have time for one more quick question scott and you eluded in your last answer to measurement and i know we could spend hours talking about measurement all by itself but give me a sense for at what level or levels you think you should measure your plan as you're prosecuting it through the year?
1: Well, I think, uh, so my, the way that I do it is we have a dashboard and it's real time. Um, I'm measuring, I literally look at that dashboard eight, nine times a day. Like every hour I'm looking to see how the can because we will have multiple campaigns in flight, right? We'll run multiple campaigns Um, You know, they're very comprehensive and there'll be PR components associated with it and there'll be, you know, digital components and there may be field marketing components associated with it. So all of these things are funneling in and I have very different teams that are working on those pieces rolling up to one centralized campaign to achieve one goal. So there may be several vehicles running at all different times and I'm looking to see exactly how those vehicles are performing as part of the, the campaign as a whole, and then are we going to help achieve those goals? So, as far as measurement goes, um, you need to be looking at all areas of your marketing. You have to be measuring daily. Um, you have to you have to look and see if you know things aren't performing. You know, you, let's say you're running a, a program that's going to run for the whole year. You're running an SEO program, or you're running a podcast program, and it's just not delivering. You know, you gotta, you got to look at it and nip it and just not let it run for long stretches of time. Like back, back in the old days, we didn't have this. We just let it run all year and we hoped for the best. We looked at the sales numbers. If they were there, great. But now, I mean, we have instant access to everything. If you haven't invested in the tools to do the measurement and do the management, you know, of your budget, the management against
0: those goals, then, you know, that's, that's an area that you may want to make an investment so one one of the things that's always tricky though, with measurement is that you can get very focused on measuring the minutia. And uh, and if you do that without focusing on sort of the broader achievement of the metrics that are associated with the big goals, then that's that's a gap. And so how, how do you keep that up? How do you keep that focus on the big, broader picture? At the same time, you have the potential literally to look nine times a day at a dashboard. (laughs) How do you make sure that you're leaning back at least once a month and saying, how is this whole thing doing? Right.
1: Well, I think if, if you have tied those metrics to very specific goals, then they should be rolling up and you should be able to see that that's measuring against your goals. And if you're hitting your goals and you, well, let's face it, if you've set the right goals at the beginning of the year, then hopefully you have some comfort level uh, as you're going through the year. Um, But I will say that an analysis paralysis is definitely a disease and I suffer from it from time to time, especially as the numbers are looking good. Uh, I find myself refreshing to make myself feel good over the course of the day. Um, Sometimes these things go well and it sends me the other direction. But the, the long and short of it is that, you know, you're right, Peter, you can get too mired down in the detail. The thing with marketing, although it is definitely moving to a more analytics-based um, business practice, uh, there is still a lot of art to um, to marketing. And you know, understanding the customer, understanding uh, you know buyer behavior, um, you know, speaking with the customer to to get input. Um, you know, those are still things that. That need to be done. Being creative, differentiation—you're not going to get any of those from the numbers, right? So, building those campaigns are, are critical, and measuring the success of it. But you know, doing a lot of A/B testing to see which ones actually work best is really important. Uh, you know, so that you are honing it down to what you think is a repeatable structure for your
0: marketing to get more predictability as to what the numbers are to hit your goals. Well, great. Well, thank you very much, Scott. I really appreciate your time and your insights that you've shared with us today. Thanks for having me, Peter. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And I hope you come back and, and good luck with your 2019 plans. Thank you. I'll need it. All right. Thanks, Scott. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Smarter Marketing Podcast. We will be back soon with more interviews with marketing experts. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you if you have ideas for a guest or if you just want to say hi. You can contact us via email at smarter.marketing.pod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at numeral one